What is the president hiding from the American people? What isn't the president hiding from the American people? Answer me that. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. Sort of. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle. Here I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis-St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSendler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing the globe five days a week, I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, troublemaker, muckraker, journalist. Thank you. (laughs) All around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Yeah, you're all right. Uh, thank you for joining us today for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast, uh, which feels very much like we are sort of in a holding pattern after kicking up a bunch of dust on yesterday's program. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but we are waiting on uh, the impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate to begin now, apparently very soon. According to AP this afternoon, the U.S. House is set to vote on Wednesday to send the articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump to the U.S. Senate. And pressure was mounting on Tuesday on senators to call fresh witnesses For the historic trial. Oh, there's an idea. Allow firsthand witnesses to actually give testimony at a trial? Especially witnesses that were withheld by the White House because for some reason they really don't want the public to hear from them. Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced the next steps after meeting privately with House Democrats at the Capitol on Tuesday. Uh, ending her blockade a month after they had voted in the House to impeach Trump on charges of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Pelosi said in a statement that the president and the senators will be held accountable. The American people deserve the truth and the Constitution demands a trial. The action will launch the Senate proceeding Only the third such uh, presidential impeachment trial in American history, as the Senate is now expected to transform into an impeachment court as early as Thursday. As early as Thursday, Desi Doyen. Oi. The Constitution (laughs) calls for the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court to preside over senators who serve as jurors in the trial. 
who must swear an oath to deliver, quote, impartial justice. That will be somewhat amusing, given the majority leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, has already said he is working hand in glove with the White House and has done everything he could to hold off a fair trial with, you know, those firsthand witnesses to the crime in question and firsthand documents from the White House, etc. But we will see how this fight plays out in the days ahead as we wait for the House to send over those articles and the House impeachment managers to be announced. Uh, they will serve as the prosecutors in the Senate trial. And, of course, as we wait to see how McConnell plans to game the entire procedure, as Mitch McConnell does. We are also waiting for Tuesday night's Democratic presidential debate in Des Moines, Iowa, as we go to air. It will be the last one before the votes, uh, the voters, I should say, uh, finally get to have a voice in all of this in the 2020 presidential election. Uh, at the Iowa caucuses beginning on February 3rd. Yes, that is a Monday. And the rest of the primaries and caucuses are going to follow very quickly thereafter. We will, of course, have full special coverage of that Iowa debate on our next thrilling broadcast. As just six Democratic candidates have qualified for it. That would be Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar and, yes, Tom Steyer who kind of bought his way in. So we are also uh, waiting, of course, for the beginning of those primaries, but not for the fights over who gets to vote and how they will get to vote. On that, that is already underway, and on that we also have a bit of news today, mostly good, and as I said, a follow-up on our exclusive coverage on this program yesterday that has caused a bit of a storm out here in California, specifically in Los Angeles, where the new $300 million unverifiable computer touchscreen ballot marking device voting systems that have been in development for 10 years and are now set for first-time use in 2020 in Los Angeles, the nation's largest voting jurisdiction, in the uh, March 3rd Super Tuesday primary, that system was found as we broke on this program yesterday to have all kinds of security problems which violate California state voting system standards up and down, even as the system is still not yet certified by the state. But supposedly it will be shortly Unless our listeners, and apparently our listeners alone, it seems, take action to make some noise before the uh, public comment period ends on this matter next Monday, the public comment period before certification by the California Secretary of State of these wildly flawed systems, and I'm being kind there. Anyway, I'll have a follow-up on that in a bit here today. Uh, so you can wait for that as we turn to some of the more encouraging news about who gets to vote in 2020. A Wisconsin state appeals court ordered a freeze on Tuesday, a freeze on a purge of more than 200,000 people from the voting rolls in the Badger state, a key battleground state, of course, for the 2020 presidential election. The order contradicts a lower circuit court judge uh, who held the Wisconsin Elections Commission in contempt on Monday for not removing those voters immediately. 
According to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel today, a judge in a separate order also blocked Ozaki County Circuit Judge Paul Malloy's contempt finding. This guy is quite a piece of work, saving the commission and particularly three of its Democratic members from having to pay daily fines as ordered by Judge Malloy on Monday. Malloy had ordered that the Wisconsin State Elections Board pay $50 daily and that it's three Democratic members who are fighting this purge that they pay an additional $250 a day each day, every day, that they do not remove these voters. This judge is an elected judge in Wisconsin. He really wanted those voters removed from these roles, and he wanted them removed fast. Elections have consequences. Despite the fact that Wisconsin State Elections Commission uh, had concerns about the accuracy of the data that was being used to identify voters for this purge list. Nonetheless, the judge could not wait. He ordered them removed, and now he ordered the members of the Wisconsin Election Board to be fined $200. $150 a day for not following his orders, even though his ruling is currently facing an appeals process. Why are you in such a rush there, Judge? The uh, state commission, consisting of three Democrats and three Republicans, were also meeting in a private session on Tuesday to discuss what to do about all of this. The group had been deadlocked over the purge. It's three Democratic members wanting to wait until the appeals process played out. The Republican members, there are three of those, wanting to remove the voters immediately, no matter questions about whether they should be removed at all. The, at the same time this was all going on, the Republican-heavy state Supreme Court is also at an impasse over the issue. That turns out to be good news here because they have decided to not take up this case, at least for now, leaving it to the state appeals court to hand down a decision. Well, that uh, decision by the state appeals court was handed down quickly on Tuesday by a three-judge panel in the 4th District Court of Appeals, consisting of Michael Fitzpatrick, Jennifer Nashold, and Joanne Kloppenberg. Remember her? Remember oh, that yes. name? I remember you her. You do? Well, oh, yeah. uh, frequent uh, longtime listeners to the Bradcast and readers of the Brad blog may remember she was a guest on this show many years ago now after a contentious state Supreme Court race, which she was said at the time to have lost despite a uh, recount that discovered tons of ballot bags that had been ripped open before the hand count in that recount in Waukesha County and other serious discrepancies that we detailed at the time in great detail on bradblog.com before the State Elections Commission ultimately ignored those concerns completely and certified Kloppenberg's Republican-supported opponent. In that matter, Kloppenberg uh, finally conceded, saying she did not, telling us on this program, uh, breaking the news, that she just did not have the money to continue fighting that race. That disgraced Republican opponent ended up uh, resigning uh, just a year or so later. But today in Wisconsin, the 4th District Appellate Panel said that they would have a follow-up order later that explains their reasoning for putting the freeze on this purge ordered by the lower court judge. 
uh, but they wanted to act quickly given the contempt order that was issued and the commission's meeting on Tuesday to say, no, no, hang on, we will hear this, you don't have to purge these people. The fight over all of this began uh, late last year when the Elections Commission notified over 200,000 people by postcard to ask if they had changed their addresses. Voters who failed to respond would then be removed from the rolls in 2021. Not this year, but in 2021 after the upcoming presidential uh, uh, election, the critical presidential election. The right-wing Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, however, filed a lawsuit demanding that any non-responsive voters be immediately removed from the rolls before the 2020 election. We're talking about 200,000 voters here. And they got a judge, Judge Malloy, who agreed with their lawsuit and ordered that the voters be purged. Wisconsin's Democratic Attorney General, however, yes, elections do matter, Josh Call uh, had asked the District Court for Court of Appeals in Madison to review the case on appeal after the uh, ruling by Judge Malloy. And at the same time, the nonpartisan League of Women Voters filed a lawsuit in federal court to try to keep the voters on the rolls. And of course, all of this is a huge fight because Donald Trump reportedly it has never been confirmed with a full hand count, sadly, of all of the hand-marked paper ballots in Wisconsin. Reportedly, Donald Trump won the state in 2016 by fewer than 23,000 votes. And now the Republicans and their judicial apparatchik are hoping to purge 200,000 voters, perhaps incorrectly, 200,000 voters, uh, who have uh, who are disproportionately, by the way, located in Democratic leaning parts of the state, as the plaintiffs detailed in court. Purge them from the rolls before the next presidential election, even though the state commission had planned on doing so afterwards to avoid problems like this. Republicans, of course, claim that this is about reducing the likelihood of voter fraud, even though they have been unable to detail any voter fraud that has been caused by ineligible voters showing up to vote in the state other than a few a very few former felons who are barred from voting in wisconsin but who voted anyway not knowing that in almost all those cases the this uh, purge would do nothing about that concern Aside from the presidential election, this matters because there are a number of elections coming up even sooner than the presidential election, including a February primary for a state Supreme uh, Supreme Court seat. Yes, that matters. A primary in the special election to fill the seventh congressional uh, district seat and races for a host of local offices that also matter as well. Wisconsin's presidential primary is then on uh, April 7, the issue, according to AP anyway, is now unlikely to be resolved in court before the presidential election. If that is true, if so, that is good news for Wisconsin voters and, frankly, for all of us, uh, since Wisconsin uh, will play such a key role once again in this year's crucial presidential contest. If voters are ultimately Removed from the polls, however, they can register in Wisconsin 
online at myvote.wi.gov. They can register online there. They can register at their clerk's office or even at the polls on Election Day. But there they have to uh, have the right type of uh, ID required on them at the time of Election Day registration. So all of this, I fear... Uh, frankly, is just the tip of the iceberg of this kind of battle that we're going to see across the country this year with Republicans hoping to keep as many as possible from voting in general and Democrats in general, though not entirely, uh, but in general trying to ensure voters are, in fact, able to vote if they are eligible. That fight is also playing out in New York State right now. It echoes the battle in Wisconsin And we've got some good news there as well. According to a federal court late last week, the New York State Board of Elections is found to have been violating the Constitution and federal election law when it designated certain registered voters as inactive and as it keeps those names out of its poll books during elections. In his decision, uh, in her decision, I should say, federal district court judge Allison Nathan wrote that New York state's refusal to provide inactive voter lists at the polling places during an election violates the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. She ordered the state to make those lists available at the polls going forward. She also found that the state was violating the National Voting Rights Act of 1993 when it moved voters to the inactive list in the first place. And by the way, when you're on the inactive list, it just means you haven't voted in a while. It does not mean that you cannot vote. All of this is key, particularly coming from a federal judge, uh, since it could have an impact elsewhere where similar battles are ongoing uh, and uh, where these uh, uh, people who haven't voted for a while becomes the basis for many of these voting roll purges that we're now seeing or these attempted purges that we're seeing across the country. Up to now, in New York, voters would be designated as inactive if the post office marked mail from the board as undeliverable. Just that one postcard. Now, I don't know. uh, You know, you ever get um, postcards in the mail that you think are spam, you think are advertisements, you don't pay much attention to it. It might tell you to do something. You end up throwing it away or putting in a stack of mail. You never deal with it. You ever get ever have that happen? Of course. Uh, So if that happens in, you know, states like New York and Wisconsin, you're going to have a hard time voting. That's what they're doing. And they need a new mechanism because, yes, people do move. uh, People do die. You know, so the voting rolls do need to be purged in uh, in some way. But obviously, the way we got it going on now ain't working because in state after state, they come up with these purge lists based on these uh, postcards. And then they find out, oh, wait, we accidentally removed 20,000 people from the list. Oops. Of the state's nearly 13 million registered voters now in New York, more than one million are designated as inactive, nearly half a million residing in New York City, according to WNYC. Uh, In October, the court held a four-day bench trial and then late last fr- over this matter, and then late last Friday, Judge Nathan issued her 60-page opinion ordering the state to ensure that the names of all inactive voters are available at polling sites along with all other registered voters. So it used to be if they became inactive, 
They'd have to fight for their right to vote on a uh, uh, what they call an affidavit ballot, a provisional ballot is what many of the states call it. But they'd have to fight for their right to vote. And then later on, it would be checked against the inactive list instead of just having that inactive list of voters at the polling place, along with all of the other registered voters. The judge wrote that the state improperly designated tens of thousands of votes as inactive. So these are people who should not have even been on the list in the first place because the individuals continue to live at the address where they are currently registered to vote. But, you know, they failed to return those postcards, apparently. Or, you know what, maybe they failed to get the postcards at all in the first place. Judge Nathan blamed the uh, problems with the, the U.S. Postal Service and the National Change of Address Registry for providing unreliable information, something that local election officials corroborated in their own testimony during the trial last year. And this is exactly the issue that has come up in similar attempted purges elsewhere in Wisconsin, as noted, and in Georgia, and historically in Florida, and other key battleground states where every single vote could make a difference in 2020, and they come up with these lists, and then they give them to uh, you know local election officials who try to check them out, and they say, wait a minute, this person shouldn't be removed from the list. If we're lucky, other times it's not until Election Day that the voter themselves finds out they have been removed for some reason from the voting rolls, which is why we tell you over and over again, check your registration. Even if you think you're registered, even if you have not moved in years and years, go to the state or county website and check your registration to make sure you're registered, that you're registered at the address you think you're registered and for the party for whom you uh, think you are registered, especially before the primaries. And it's also a really good idea to spread the word, to tell your friends and your family, because they may not know, especially if you know any new young voters who are going to find this whole thing just all so crazy and difficult to follow. Help everybody you know. Yes. Do the things that they need to do. Check their registration. As we used to say a lot, uh, be the media. This is up to you. All of this stuff is up to you. Don't wait for someone else to take action. Not anymore. Not with what's going on right now in this country. The vote you save may be your own. There you go. Michael Ryan, the executive director of the New York City Board of Elections, testified during the trial that the city has uncovered, quote, significant issues with the consistency of the information we get from the post office. The co-executive director of the state board of elections also testified to problems with relying on post office information. The decision comes uh, in New York as the latest victory for common cause. The plaintiff in the case uh, and the lawyers committee for civil rights under law and Latino justice Pearl Def, which all filed the lawsuit in uh, in 2017. And we're just getting the ruling on it now. John Powers, one of the attorneys uh, from the Lawyers Committee, said that this ruling is particularly important to voters in New York City who disproportionately end up on the inactive voter list for some crazy reason. The uh, latest case in New York is an outgrowth of the work that those groups did in the aftermath of the massive voter purge in Brooklyn. Remember that? Ahead of the 2016 presidential primary, which led to all kinds of problems. 
and all kinds of anger between uh, uh, Bernie supporters and Hillary Clinton supporters who thought that this was a purge specifically targeting Sanders voters. I have found, by the way, just in case you uh, forgot, no evidence that Sanders supporters were specifically targeted in that mess. But all of this comes out of that. Uh, That led to another decision against the New York City Board of Elections over how it maintained its voter rolls. And as the attorneys investigated the voter purge case, they found thousands of registered voters whose names did not appear in any poll books during elections. Those people were voters that the state had designated, yes, as inactive. And that's why they weren't in the poll books. Instead of being in there, you know, with a little a flag next to their name or a a notice that they were the inactive voters. They were just removed from those books entirely. And all because the post office uh, returned a piece of mail, you know, that was intended for the voter. Uh, They returned it as undeliverable. Those voters uh, were not actually removed from the rolls, but some managed to still be disenfranchised back in 2016 because either they were uh, never offered an affidavit ballot as they were supposed to supposed to be offered at that point at their poll site or because they were sent uh, to vote at the wrong location. That, for example, uh, the uh, Gothamist notes is what happened to Lauren Wolf. She had tried to vote in the 2016 general election. Poll workers couldn't find her name on the rolls, so she was directed to go to another location. And then she was sent back to the first one. She went back and forth between poll sites. Ultimately, she was allowed to cast an affidavit ballot. Well, that's good. But she would only find out months later that that affidavit ballot she was given was at the wrong poll site, not her correct poll site. So therefore, her vote did not count, which she only found out months later because uh, the vote that she cast the affidavit ballot that she cast was ultimately allowed to cast was given to her at the precinct that was not her own and those ballots at least in new york are not counted she's hopeful this ruling will prevent something like that from happening in the future she said the uh, idea that this decision will make sure or should make sure that all eligible all eligible voters names are contained in poll books for future elections, that at a minimum means that someone who has to cast an affidavit ballot in the future can be more assured that their vote will count because they will know they are in the right location. She said that is extremely gratifying. I should say so. <laughs> OK, quick break. And we are back, as I said, uh, with a follow up to uh, this uh, remarkable story that uh, we told on yesterday's broadcast that we broke exclusively here on the broadcast about the failing, miserably failing voting system that is set for use for the first time here in Los Angeles, despite the fact that it is 100 percent unverifiable. It's not even working good enough to be unverifiable, apparently, at least not according to independent state certification testers who found more than 40 violations of uh, California state election code. I'll uh, well, we'll pick it up there with a follow up and much more, including Desi Doyen and the Green News Report right here on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. (laughs) 
Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks. Perfect. I love LA. I love LA too. We love it. We all love LA, right? Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com here in sunny Los Angeles. <laughs> Chilly but sunny today. As uh, discussed, we uh, in the previous segment we uh, happily and hopefully stirred up. Uh, a bit of a hornet's nest, as you doing? Well, it's with always our, fun to stir up a hornet's yeah, it nest. Is, yeah. With our program yesterday and our exclusive coverage of the fact that the brand new 100% unverifiable computer touchscreen ballot marking device voting systems that Los Angeles County is planning to use for the first time in the 2020 presidential elections instead of hand-marked paper ballots for the first time is failing, failing in state security and certification tests and failing miserably, even though the Secretary of State of California is now planning on certifying these systems, most likely anyway, despite the huge problems for this new $300 million system that Dean Logan, the L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk, who no longer agrees to appear on this program to answer questions about this system, that he has been planning for literally 10 years now. So as we reported uh, in, in great detail on yesterday's program, these brand-new unverifiable touchscreen BMDs which all voters at the polls in Los Angeles, the largest voting jurisdiction in the nation, I know it's just a county, but it really is a county that is larger than 41 states. Not 41 states combined, but it is, if it was, if Los Angeles was a state, it would be like the ninth largest, I guess, is the, be the best yeah, way to put it. Yeah, that sounds about uh, in, right. In, the ninth largest in the nation. So this is a lot of voters that we're talking about. And, of course, what happens here in Los Angeles, since it's so big, affects you know, results across the entire state. The primary elections in California can be decided damn near by themselves here in Los Angeles, depending on how things go. So all voters are now going to be forced to use these systems for the first time in the March 3rd Super Tuesday primary and these machines, these brand new machines never used before, they're currently undergoing California state uh, testing, certific the certification process. But according to documents buried at the Secretary of State's website, which we unburied on yesterday's program and linked to from our show posting at bradblog.com on Monday night, if you want to check them out, there are all kinds of problems and security concerns with these new systems that were discovered by the independent firm hired to do 
the testing to make sure these systems actually you know, meet the requirements of California as these machines are set to be used in just over a month as early voting is scheduled to begin about uh, 10 or 11 days before the March 3rd Super Tuesday primary here in California. In addition to producing a computer-marked ballot that can never be verified as reflecting any voter's intent after an election, the documentation of the state certification tests of this, uh, it's called the VSAP system, which stands for Voting Solutions for All People. These documents reveal a myriad of incredibly serious security failures and violations of the state code, uh, according to experts that we've consulted on this matter. We detailed on yesterday's program, uh, just to summarize some of the details revealed in these documents from these independent testers, they discovered more than 40, 40 violations of California voting system standards or the CVSS, including the fact that the VSAP system can be booted from a USB drive that would then bypass all security and logging protections. Also, that access to the master account to these systems is needed by far too many people, which means too many people have access to the main password, the keys to the kingdom for the entire thing, the ability to boot the system from a USB port means that uh, unauthorized individuals can then get access to the system without the password. All of this can result in undetected changes to files and data, according to the testers, allowing functions to be executed in non-intended ways, the unrestricted access to and the ability to boot from the USB port allows access to voting data the testers found. They also found problems with security for the systems regarding the, the encryption and the cryptography that is used. The testers found it is, quote, possible to insert or remove ballots from both the BMD and ballot transfer boxes without detection. These so, are the physical paper the physical ballots. ballots yeah. yeah. The uh, printer cover, if you take that off, they find it allows access to the ballot box and that that printer cover can be opened without detection, that any seals, locks, labels, sensors on the system, all of them, they can all be bypassed without detection. This seems kind of serious to me. I don't know. What do I know? Those are just some of the many findings that uh, led one national voting system and cybersecurity expert to uh, Riley describe to me these results as, quote, not good. <laughs> And another uh, who described the system as a security fail. Nonetheless, California Secretary of State Alex Padilla, he could still certify the systems for use in the 2020 primaries, despite all of this and in the general election, because of a law that he championed back in 2013 as state senator that gives the Secretary of State the ability to approve the use of new voting systems, even if they do not pass federal and state requirements for actual elections. So that's what we broke on this program yesterday. And uh, the fact that the public comment period about all of this regarding certification of these systems, which are not yet certified by the state, these unverifiable, unsecure VSAP touchscreen uh, computer voting systems, the uh, public comment period on whether they should be 
certified for use or not, ends on Monday, this coming Monday, January 20, at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So we have been urging those who are concerned about it to contact the state. The state gives an email address that you can use to give your public comment. And again, as I mentioned in the previous segment, don't wait for someone else to take care of this for you. Seriously, each of each and every comment here matters. You can write uh, the email address is votingsystems at sos.ca.gov. That's votingsystems at sos.ca.gov, where you can ask them, give them your opinions on this. Uh, maybe you like it. Maybe you can tell them, yes, go ahead and certify this. I would recommend tell them not to certify this dangerous, unverifiable system. And that they should require and to request a hand marked paper ballot for every voter at the polling place in this year's crucial primaries and general elections. Now, is it something where if you're not in California, then you shouldn't put in a public comment? Because it seems to me if elections officials in other states, counties say, oh, look, it's working for California. Let's go buy that system. Yeah. Well, is that's the uh, Dean Logan has said he is hoping to sell these systems that were developed for Los Angeles all all over the country. Okay, so now might be a good time to nip that in the bud. Yeah. Listen, it really does matter since California has a huge number of delegates that it will be sending to the Democratic National Convention this summer. It could determine who will the who will win the primary in the on Super Tuesday. The uh, email address again for the Secretary of State is voting systems at sos.ca.gov and their phone number if you want to write down write that down as well. You can call them if you don't want to email or even if you do want to email, is 916-695-1680. 916-695-1680. And uh, yes, this affects all of us, no matter where you live. But especially if you live in California and especially if you live in Los Angeles. We offer much more uh, frightening detail on yesterday's program on all of this, which you can download, of course, at bradblog.com. That is uh, free for everyone to download because of those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us do what we try to do every day. But this is also, it's, you know, these machines, this this type of dangerous unverifiable touchscreen voting system is now proliferating not just in Los Angeles County, but also in key battleground states, as we have covered in great detail over the recent months on this program and years in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in North Carolina, and in many other states before the critical 2020 elections begin in just weeks time. So please pay attention because we appear to be the only media outlet, uh, at least to our knowledge, reporting this specific information in Los Angeles on these failed VSAP tests out of California. So please share widely. You know, where's where's the Los Angeles Times? Now, we ask folks to uh, CC or BCC us in their comments if they do email them to the Secretary of State. It's up to you if you want to uh, share those comments with us. We received quite a few notes that were sent to my email address, which is bradcast at bradblog.com, though frankly not nearly enough to keep Padilla from certifying 
what his staff has already recommended that he certify, despite the more than 40 violations of state voting system standards that were uncovered by these by the independent testing firm that was hired by the state. Uh, but just to share uh, a few of the comments that were, we received, uh, these are emails that were sent to the Secretary of State to voting systems at sos.ca.gov and cc to us. Laura writes, I am concerned that the new voting system is being rushed into use on a critical election without sufficient safeguards. At one point in my life, I was a system administrator for a company. I understand some of the ways things can go wrong, and I have investigated and reported problems since 2000. If the system elements don't perform well enough to be certified before the primary election, I think we should do whatever we can to provide an alternative way to vote. Thank you, Laura. Michael from Lomita said, in an age when fears of hacking both by foreign and domestic miscreants are at an unprecedented height for solid reasons, it's imperative that any election be done on hand-marked paper ballots, verifiable by the voter before submission of the ballot. Michael says that's how the 1944 presidential election was done, and even with 12 million Americans in uniform around the world, the results were expeditiously rendered in full confidence. Remember that, Des? Back in 1944? <laughs> uh, Mark from, uh, from San Francisco writes to say, uh, Dear Secretary of State, I am a resident of California and I am registered to vote. Voting systems such as the touchscreen ballot marking devices proposed for use in L.A. County are not yet certified and have design flaws that prevent them from being verified as showing the true intent of the voter or allowing for a recount. Do not allow their use in any elections. Stick with hand-marked paper ballots, says Mark. Well said, Mark. Elizabeth, who says she is a regular listener, writes in to ask, Hola, broadcast folks. Ooh, an international flair. Just a thought, she writes, until the corrupt GOP-led et al. voting shenanigans get cleaned up, might vote by mail, provide hard copy voting records for the subsequent uh, follow-up. Uh, she says, I have been registered vote by mail for years. Although I enjoy the ritual, I hand deliver my completed ballot to the appropriately designated poll site. Well, she is a regular listener, isn't she? <laughs> uh, good for her. That's exactly right. And uh, people in Los Angeles, if your only choice is to vote at the precincts, if they, uh, in fact, certify these systems, then yes, while I don't normally recommend vote by mail, I very much do in this case. It's the only way to get a uh, hand-marked paper ballot in Los Angeles and in other jurisdictions where you're forced to vote on these machines at the polling place. But yes, please deliver them by hand to the polling place on Election Day if possible. And that applies really wherever you are, because depending on when your primary is actually scheduled, somebody could drop out of the race uh, right before your primary. And, and if so, you've mailed it in... Too late. Uh, Elizabeth uh, uh, finishes her note. She says, starting immediately, should all voters be urged to register for vote by mail? Might this help? Well, yes. Sadly, it would. 
Thank you, Bradcast, for all your outstanding work securing voting rights for all. Best regards, Elizabeth in Santa Barbara. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Uh, on Twitter, meanwhile, uh, this is also blown up over there. John Panzer, a software engineer and excellent longtime follower of the Brad blog. That's who I am over on Twitter. And he's an election integrity advocate on Twitter. He said, so just taking a quick look at the December 24 report and getting ready to submit some public comments before Monday. He says, this looks pretty bad. Like, I don't understand how it expected to pass this, these certification tests bad. No kidding. No kidding. Ignotum aliqui who describes himself as an info security hunter, says public comments. If I said what I'm thinking, I would be banned from Twitter. <laughs> Patricia Arquette. You've heard of her. Yes. The Oscar, famous actress. Oscar uh, award winning actress. I yes. Think, uh, and activist. She retweeted our coverage of last night's program and she added mentions to Congressman Adam Schiff and Congressman Ted Lieu and House Speaker Pelosi and Congressman uh, uh, Jackie Speer and Congresswoman Maxine Waters, all California Congress members, along with Gavin Newsom, the governor, and Eric Garcetti, the mayor of, of Los Angeles. And she writes in all caps, guys, what is going on here? <laughs> Good question, Patty. Thank you. Uh, Ernie Canning, Brad Blog's longtime legal contributor and analyst and neighboring Ventura County resident and voter, says that uh, not just L.A. County residents should write in to the Secretary of State. Every Californian should email the Secretary of State and demand that he refuse to certify vulnerable and unverifiable touchscreen ballot marking devices. L.A. is our state's largest voting, jurist, uh, voting district. An inaccurate count affects all of us. Ernie is himself a Ventura County resident, uh, the neighboring county here. He adds hashtag handmarked paper ballots. Do I have time for a few more? Jeannie Dufert, an excellent election integrity pit bull out of Georgia, says it's remarkable the willingness of election officials to pour taxpayer money into untested technology. Voters pay the ultimate price in secure elections. Cybersecurity experts recommend taking elections off the grid. The stakes are high. The risks are huge. Hashtag handmarked paper ballots. And speaking of those election officials, Jenny Cohen, uh, who's an attorney and Twitter election integrity activist extraordinaire, she replied to a tweet today from the U.S. Elections Assistance Commission the EAC, wherein they announced details from what they are calling their 2020 Elections Summit, which is apparently ongoing uh, today, somewhere, I guess, in D.C., and they cited a panel as up next for a discussion titled Overcoming Election Day and Poll Worker Challenges, and guess who was sitting on the panel, Desi Doyen? Oh, dear, who? Instead of being back here, concerned about his failing new voting system. That's right. Dean Logan, the L.A. County Registrar, is out uh, at this election summit appearing with other election officials today at this panel. So Jenny Cohen replied to the EAC's uh, tweet uh, with our link to our coverage from last night and uh, to add, quote, Dean Logan is pre presiding over a $300 million hot mess of a new touchscreen voting system. 
universal-use BMDs. That was just found to violate 40 state voting standards in recent testing. Polling places must let voters use hand-marked paper ballots instead. Finally, James Conner uh, wrote to uh, voting systems at sos.ca.gov to ask them to not certify this dangerous, unverifiable system for Los Angeles and to request hand-marked paper ballots so we can trust election results. Actually, we should never trust election results, but we should be able to oversee them to make sure they are correct. He also contacted some uh, Congress members as well. So that is just some of the response. Of course, I'd love to see a lot more since the deadline for public comment on all of this is Monday, January 20, 5 p.m. And Secretary of State Padilla has years invested in this system himself. As our uh, less than great Secretary of State, I hope that he does the right thing, sends this dog back to the lab for more work and allows voters in L.A. to vote on verifiable handmarked paper ballots in this crucial presidential election. Uh, but he's not going to do it without encouragement from folks like you. As we often say around here, this democracy is not going to save itself and neither is the corporate media. Uh, don't hold your breath waiting for the L.A. Times to jump in uh, to give a damn about this. Uh, they'll wait until after the election goes sideways, then they'll care. Uh, and I wonder if when they do, they'll remember who tried to warn them years in, in advance. As I said, uh, holding my breath. Quick break. And we're back with Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. I am Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. <laughs> The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. So, uh, hey, Desiree. Yes. Uh, in a recent uh, Green News report, you reported that Rupert Murdoch's News Corp was getting a lot of flack and anger in his native Australia for their coverage of uh, climate change, their denial of climate change. Yeah. Made these it's a concerted disinformation campaign across all of Murdoch's uh, Australian media properties. In the middle of these fires, these wildfires that have been ravaging Australia now for weeks. Uh, well, the Daily Beast is reporting today that um, Murdoch himself is now getting heat from his own son over the climate change denialism that's being churned out by his operations, Fox News and, of course, the uh, the News Corp outlets, the newspapers and so forth in Australia. But the Daily Beast is reporting that James Murdoch, his son and his wife, Catherine, are really angry about this. And that they are letting their father know about this. They are disappointed with the ongoing denial among the news outlets in Australia. They should be. And, um, well, someone, an unnamed spokesperson from uh, News Corp, says this is evidence of how high tensions are within the family over climate change. And uh, that, that, in fact, this person claims... Inside uh, News Corp, they are not climate change deniers, but for some reason they are being required to be climate change deniers. At least that's the claim. Do you believe it? Uh, you know, maybe. 
actions speak louder than words, and it depends on if you love your country more than you love your money. This person love your planet more than you love your money. And this, your uh, children. And your right, and your grandchildren. Uh, this person uh, says that this is someone. Uh, how do I put this for FCC radio? Peeing inside the tent. Who uh. is saying this? Uh, but that it could make a difference. Of course, we highlighted uh, for years on the Green News Report the Fox News denialism that, yes, continues to this day. Uh, had it not, we might not have to have uh, done for 11 years the GNR. And yes, here it is, our latest Green News Report. The number of billion-dollar disasters just really seems to be growing. Yep. Last year, U.S. saw 14 weather disasters costing a billion dollars or more each. Australia's catastrophic bushfires caused $2 billion in economic damages. 2019, the second hottest year ever recorded globally. Plus, we are not the criminals. The criminals are the people who are letting this world burn for money. Those are the criminals. 150 arrested at Jane Fonda's Fire Drill Friday climate protest. All of those arresting developments and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. What is your position on global warming? Do you think it's a hoax? Do you no, think no, no, not at all. Nothing's a hoax. Nothing's a hoax about that. It's a very serious subject. I want clean air. I want clean water. I want the cleanest air with the cleanest water. Yeah, but what do you think about global Global warming. Do you really not know the difference yet, or are you stupid? This is your Green News Report. Okay, Tessie Doyen, I know you were unhappy that Cory Booker was getting out of the presidential race, but now I understand why, I think. Uh, yes, uh, Democratic Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey suspended his bid for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination on Monday. The League of Conservation Voters praised Senator Booker for, quote, bringing environmental justice issues to a national audience. Booker's climate policy proposals focused comprehensively on ensuring justice for frontline minority communities that that suffer the brunt of both industrial pollution and climate change disasters. So this is above and beyond climate change itself. Tom Steyer is still in the race. He's still fighting uh, against climate change. As all of them are. But this is about climate justice, something quite different. Exactly. The poorest communities, the black and brown communities, are the ones that suffer first and worst from industrial pollution and extreme weather events. Another reason to be sad Cory Booker is gone. Meanwhile, 2019 was the second hottest year on record since record-keeping began in the 1880s. That's according to the European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Service. 2019 capped off the planet's hottest five years on record and its hottest 10-year period ever recorded. All of it due to man-made climate change. In Australia's ongoing record bushfire crisis, two massive bushfires straddling the border between Victoria and New South Wales merged over the weekend mm. to create a megafire measuring 1.5 million acres, larger than the state of Delaware. And that's just one fire. Driven by record-shattering heat and record drought, Australia's fires are now so huge they are creating their own weather, including thunderstorms. The bushfire Fires are releasing millions of tons of CO2 and pollution into the atmosphere. Wildlife experts now estimate that bushfires in the southeast alone have killed more than a billion animals. This is horrific, these fires in Australia. How long does wildfire season go down there? 
It's going to go for several more months. Australia's economic damages from the 2019 fire season so far have already topped $2 billion and counting, and the season has not even peaked yet. Climate disasters are also costly here in the United States. Last year, the U.S. experienced 14 extreme weather and climate disasters that exceeded a billion dollars or more in losses. That's from multiple events like the record Midwest floods, Hurricanes Dorian and Imelda. That's all according to NOAA's annual extreme weather report out on Monday. Overall, extreme weather and climate disasters in 2019 cost the U.S. nearly $150 billion. The number of events is is also increasing. Since 2010, the number of weather disasters costing a billion dollars or more was twice the number that we saw during the early 2000s. Extreme weather disasters over the last five years alone have cost the U.S. $525 billion. Wow. And to be clear, when we're comparing billion-dollar storms, that is after they are adjusted for inflation, correct? Correct. Finally, 150 people were arrested, including veteran actors Jane Fonda and Martin Sheen, on Capitol Hill on Friday during Fonda's final weekly climate demonstration in D.C. known as Fire Drill Fridays, demanding political action on climate change. It's part of a new national campaign launched by environmental groups called the Stop the Money Pipeline to pressure banks, investment firms, and insurance companies to stop financing the fossil fuel industry and the climate crisis. Here's Fonda. It's called suicide investing. It's insane. And one of the worst defenders is J.P. Morgan Chase. It's one of the largest sources of capital to the fossil fuel industry and their quest to drill and frack and mine. The Fire Drill Friday protests go nationwide on February 7. And how old is Jane Fonda at this point? She is 82. Man, I hope I'm still not protesting this stuff when I'm 82. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Yeah. No, it's it's not all over. Not for Jane Fonda, who at 82 is still getting arrested. Yeah, hasn't she been getting arrested like week after week in yep. these uh, protests since October? And she's going to redo them again in California now. And she's going to be arrested out here. Yeah. Okay then. Anyway, thank you very much, Desi Doy, and thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Our great thanks to those of you who help keep us on the airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. You're the only thing that does that, bradblog.com slash donate. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com, and I hope you will find, follow, and share our work, my work, on the Twitters at the Brad Blog. That's it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.